welcome to tears of a clown the podcast this is Liv, and uh i'm happy you're back episode one was a riot i am so so stoked that i got some folks giving me great feedback on it and more than anything regardless of anyone enjoyed it or not my dms have been quite a bit more tolerable so that right there made it all all worth it okay uh i am not terrified to open my requests now when i go in there so um i'm i'm kind of feeling like today is just going to be a really raw episode so let's just get into it i think that a very good sign of am i depressed right now is is the indicator the, the true indicator is fuck you know doing laundry right are you sleeping on the bed where the laundry has either not been washed or put away because i've been doing that for over a week and and on top of that furthermore are the sheets on the bed i'm not saying i didn't put my sheets on the bed okay i'm not saying that i've been just living in squalor like that uh, come on come on but i think it's a good indicator are, are you bummed out and a lot of the times when we get to that place it's like okay well what's going on is there an external force? Is there an internal force? Are we not doing enough for ourselves? Are the challenges of life becoming too much? Somebody hurt your feelings. You know, there's all there's a, an array of reasons why you could be depressed, but sometimes you can just feel like shit. In this scenario, I know why I feel like shit. And I'm going to be really frank. Uh, I'm having odd person out syndrome. In my close circle of friends, almost every single person is in a relationship. And if they're not in a relationship, they're in a courting phase with someone they definitely are into. I've got about maybe one or two friends who are not in that place. And those folks aren't really interested in finding those things. <laughs> so I'm kind of on my own island here. Now, one thing I really don't like is when someone feels entitled to their friend's time and are almost forceful about that time. I know that everybody has different love languages. And for some folks, it is quality time, right? Just to remind you all, we got the five love languages. There's quality time, gifts, words of affirmation, physical touch, and acts of service. Mine is physical touch. Uh, so I, I get it. Sometimes we need to ask for what, what we want or what we desire. But I also think it's really important that when our friends get into either situations or commitments where their time is no longer as open and available as it used to be, we need to be happy for them. And I am certainly happy for all my friends. I will give myself a quick shout out here. I have successfully set up three incredible relationships in the last year, and I intend to see those take off to the moon and beyond. Uh, so I love, I love my friends loving each other. I love my friends being immersed in one another's lives and building together and, and growing together and experiencing one another. Uh, so you can love that and also be super bummed out on weekend nights where you're sitting alone by yourself and you're like, damn, everybody has their person except for me. I think the most isolating part about being on this little scrap of land is everybody has thoughts as to why I should stay there or how I can get off of said piece of land. And I, I believe one of the most frustrating <laughs> narratives that are, that are tied to these things are, well, you know, you just have to focus on yourself. And that's, that's really hard for someone to hear, specifically someone like myself with a career, a home, you know, I've lived alone for years, hobbies, friends, family, um, animals, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty busy gal. Uh, most of my time is spent focusing on myself and especially by nature with human beings, we, we are wired to give love. 
and we all give it differently, um, but that is a very real thing. So it's not comforting to hear people say that. You know what else isn't comforting? It'll come when you least expect it. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, you know, that doesn't really align with the concept of time, right? And for some of my friends that are in a, a season of singleness, as I like to call it, and maybe you're on season fucking 12 or 13 like I am. Anyways, it, it, you know, some of us have aspirations that we want to achieve with another person and or experiences we want to have. And there's a time limit on those things. And I get it. We can't control that, right? We can't control the way time ticks away. But it's not a good feeling when you say, well, when you least expect it, it's like, okay, so when I'm middle-aged, should I expect it? When I'm you know, got two years left of my life. Should I expect it? Like I, it doesn't, it doesn't help. It's not comforting. And I get it. Everybody has good intentions with these kind of comments, but sometimes it's just nice to hear someone say that fucking sucks. I'm sorry. You're, you're alone. That like, damn, that must get tiring. It's like, well, thank you. Yeah, it does. All right. Now I can move on for a lot of us. We're stuck on someone. It's so stupid. It's so shitty. It's not fun. You're like, why do you still want this person? Why do you still like this person? I don't know. Maybe I wasn't held enough as a child. I'm not particularly certain of the reason. It's just how I feel. And it's okay to feel that way. But the comfort that comes from knowing you had something to now living the present where it's no longer there is very jarring. So a lot of times, even if it wasn't that great, we're going to go back there in our head because we want that. We want that peace again. We want that feeling again. We want that euphoria or whatever other feelings coincided with that. And what we're taking care of in this season or this era of our lives are all things that retrospectively, ideally, were things that we didn't take care of in that specific instance where we had something that we wanted. So I know for me, I've spent so much time working on myself that now I'm like, oh, I would handle this differently and do that. And that's just a part of life. That's a reality of life. But it's it's difficult because then you want to apply it. You're like, dude, I look better. I'm smarter. I'm funnier. I mean, for me, that's always what I'm going to say to myself. But I have so much more to offer now. And I want to offer that to someone. Then just comes the dating fatigue, though. It's it's a cycle. I have been on you know multiple dates in the last couple months that I just have left and it's it's not like there's anything wrong with the person. I'm just so abundantly sure that they are not my person. And for anyone who says that they don't believe in someone having a person or persons, I'd really challenge you on that. Specifically, I'd like you to focus on one of your best friends or one of your close family members. I am a firm believer that platonic love is the strongest love there is. Um, and it's because it doesn't come with conditions of fulfillment in the same way that relationships do. Uh, so, you know, a lot of times you see people stick out relationships because the sex is great. That's a, that's a good example of that. My best friend of almost 20 years is my soulmate. That is my person. She is my person. And I know that in a romantic relationship, I will never be able to have even close to what we have in terms of the amount of years we've spent getting to know each other, all the trials and tribulations we've seen, which we're going to do an episode on that, uh, you know, to talk a little bit more about how we keep our friendship strong and really treat it like a marriage, basically. And I understand that. But I also know that there is someone who can understand me at my core and love me at my core and I can enjoy more than anything. And 
it's as simple as that. I don't care what principle you tie to that. If you tie marriage to it, if you tie, you know, um, long-term benefits to it, I, I don't care. But I am a firm believer in that. And if you look at people in your life that you love platonically, you will see that very evidently that we have our people or our person. And if you're a sentimentalist like me, the suffering is ever going. <laughs> when I care about somebody, I care about that person. I am glued. I am stuck. I am focused. I am fixated. I am just going off this light and I am continuing to chase it. And I can't adjust that component of myself. At one point when I was in therapy talking about my attachment style specifically, I had a therapist tell me that I needed to date multiple people because of um, my anxious and avoidant tendencies. I'm a mix between the two, just a mess. Again, go back to maybe just not being held enough. I don't know. I don't know. But I ultimately, uh, you know, found that I could not do that. I was actually non-monogamous for a few years and it was so overwhelming and too much for me and it just wasn't for me. Uh, and I learned that about myself and I had to really accept that about myself because trust me, there was things I liked about non-monogamy definitely, but ultimately it, it was not a fit for who I am as a person. So, you know, when you are the type of person you care about somebody, you, you don't waver on that and that's it. That's where you are. You are present and you are grounded there. A glimmer of hope can be very, very detrimental to your focus. Everybody, including myself, has fucking dating tips. It's like, oh, he hasn't really texted you or, hey, she's been a little flaky or, hey, they've not really been, you know, seeming as interested. The energy's been off, whatever it may be. Uh, but at the end of the day, when you have established a connection with someone, it is very difficult for you to shake the idea of the fact that your feelings and that person's feelings are not mirrored on some level. And for me, when I think somebody doesn't like me or I think that uh, something's not going to work out, I flee. I am a delete your number, you know, remove you off social media, don't ever talk to you again type. I'm like, okay, you don't want me, I'm gone. I'm going out the door before you can finish the sentence, right? But if there's that flicker of, hey, I'm still here and hey, I have these feelings, uh, it's, it's pretty hard for me to, you know, turn away from fixating. So that makes the the island even more difficult to be living on. That's where I'm at right now. And I don't know how many of you are here, but I empathize with you so much. Um, it sucks, dude. It fucking sucks when you are sitting here and you're not in a relationship, but you know, you love someone and you want a relationship with them, but there's not even enough sustenance to be creating a relationship because you're getting so little. And then you're also trying to move on. But in the back of your head, you're like, well, maybe there's something there, but probably not because their actions are showing otherwise. And you're thinking about what you had with that person, but you're still trying to put yourself out there, but you've taken the time to heal. Uh, you know, it's, it's difficult. And I think the, the, thing that most people say is, well, you know, you need to take more time for yourself. You need to take more time for yourself. It's like, no, I've taken the time. This is just how I love. And I will love and continue to love until I do not love anymore. And once I do not love anymore, then I'm good. I'm free. But until that love is gone, I'm incapable of deserting it. So it's like, hey, there's me and there's this ghost. And we're just, we're just, we're reminiscing. We're hanging out. <laughs> We're thinking about the good times. And I'm like, you should probably leave Ghost. And then the ghost is like, all right, all right, I'll go. And then a few seconds later, the ghost is like, but wait, I like this picture. And then you're like, okay, 
you can stay for a little while longer. And then the ghost disappears for a few days. And you're like, I didn't, I didn't say you should go. And the cycle repeats itself. So while you're doing the boogie dance with Ghosty McGhoster, then you're going on dates with these fucking weirdos <laughs> or hanging out with these, these people that are just not your people or maybe so painfully great and attractive and nice, but just so not yours, so not for you that it's like, okay, I've missed my ghost, even though my ghost is like kind of never here for me and is really unclear with their intentions and has given me only scraps and maybe or maybe not does things on social media that I don't particularly like and um, definitely likes to like people's photos that they should not be liking even though we're not in a relationship and that's offensive and I care about this ghost but why doesn't this ghost care about me as much but then the ghost said they cared about me I'm lost so let's say you do meet somebody interesting fascinating even and attractive and they're showing great interest and you're like okay perfect I just scored I just scored this is gonna happen it's going down I'm going to get laid and it's gonna be amazing <laughs> I realize not everybody thinks that way okay regardless um, I digress there's a whole other conversation to be had and that is intention there's a lot of discovery there because there is no one more fucking riveting than a person who wants something from you and it comes like a thief in the night. You're having the conversation. Everything's feeling good. There's that like, it's like a game, you know, back and forth. And then they just drop it on you. I don't want anything serious. I don't want anything serious. You don't fucking want anything serious. Define serious to me, please. Okay. Um, I don't want anything serious. What, what does that mean? Let's talk about what that means. For me, that means that you want me to have your babies. You want us to get married in the very near future. You want to move in together in the very near future. Like you are on this timeline and you're like, let's go. Like combine finances, all that stuff. Okay. That, no, I don't want that. Okay. I love, I've lived by myself, like I said, for a very long time. I love my space. I love my animals being content in the way that they are blending them with other animals. The idea of it stresses me out. I know one day with the right person that might have to happen but you know I like my peace here I do not want to have a child okay um that's not where my head is at uh and certainly with marriage I have seen most of them not work out well I I know of maybe three healthy marriages in my life in my entire lifetime I know of probably three healthy marriages so I don't really know I have a lot of friends who are divorced or getting divorces mm, nope nope there's one thing I love more than the idea of love. It's my financial security. Thanks. No, thanks. Okay. And then we got, you know, the person that's like, well, you know, no serious. Okay. So what is serious? Tell me what serious is. And essentially in so many words, it's like, well, I can't provide you emotional intimacy. Uh, and I can't be totally present with you. And I don't have much interest in your interests at all. And I can't guarantee that I will show you any level of consistency, but, but hear me out when I'm available, I want you to be available and let's, let's enjoy our time together. No, dude, that does, that does, does not sound fun at all. And something that I struggle with specifically is, you know, with the way I present myself online, I'm very different in person <laughs> than I am online. And I, I do that purposely. I, I, I do that with intention. Um, I'm trying to sell fucking books, okay? And for me, I'm confident with my body. I've had my own struggles, et cetera. But 
the goofy Olivia, the sense of humor that I actually hold, um, my stories that are intimate to my values and my beliefs, um, you know, details of my life that, again, are, are um, very, very sacred within me, my animals, my family, my friends, like those things and the way that I conduct myself, my viewpoints on those items, those stay away, which means something as simple as me posting myself smiling online is not something I'm normally going to do. My smile is for the people that I love or a stranger that's, you know, just needs a smile. Uh, and that might sound weird, but that's just the way it is. And I understand that with that being said, if I have photos that are more sexy, people are going to sexualize me. Okay. Um, that's just a fact of life. We could go back and forth and saying that it's not for them. It's for me. And just because I look this way doesn't mean you should do this. And I'm not saying I disagree or agree with any of those different stances. In fact, I, I probably most of them, I'm like, dude, everybody needs to chill the hell out. Like it's okay. It's just a picture very much irritates me when people get uh, emotional about me posting my ass online. It's like, bro, I spent how much money and how much time and pain getting my ass tattooed. I'm going to have this ass that's going to look this way when I'm young for X amount of years. I am going to show that off, okay? Get money for it. No, I don't need money for it. I'm, I'm, I like my butt and I like to show it off, okay? I, ha I have my money. Don't worry about it. So, you know, I understand that and I, I, I appreciate the compliments and I appreciate, you know, some of the attention that I get from it. Obviously, I'm a human being. It's like, damn, you look hot. Thank you. I felt hot. Thanks. Tell me more. No. Uh, what I don't like, though, is that I'm just seen as this one dimensional being because of the fact that I have tattoos on my ass, you know, and I have like big boobs. Like, OK, th there is more there, I promise. And it's actually quite easy. I'm not I'm not asking you to go door the fucking explorer to try and figure this stuff out about me. It very clearly says that I write books right there. And it very clearly shows on my profile that I have a career in tech. And, you know, with a, with a little bit of effort, you could see, oh, I like cats too. I mean, there's, I post music I like, like it goes back to my first episode talking about putting a little more effort in there. So you're on this island and you're going back and forth with the ghost of a good thing. Some may argue maybe not the best thing for you, but it's personal, right? It's, it's specific to you. And then you're trying to get off the island and you're having these conversations. So you're either you know, having this serious conversation or you're feeling like you're trying to sell or bargain as to what you can receive from another person. And it's, it's hard because you just want to, you know, I see a lot of these, these people on TikTok specifically that are just like, I'm just going to put it all out there on my dating profile. Like, here's this, here's that, here's that. Here's what I want. I want someone who's going to take charge, do this, this, and that, right? There's a, there's a lot of people that tend to like that personality. Uh, and I expect this, this, and that. Here's what I think your beliefs need to be. And here's what's going to align best with me. And no, I'm not open to this. And no, I'm not open to that. I fucking get it. I haven't done that, but I fucking get it, okay? Being like, I can't do, I can't have this conversation anymore. But it sucks because we become jaded and we become guarded. And it's less about fun. It's less about love. It's less about um, exploring and and. and being open to creating something with someone and it's more like a, oh shit, okay, I'm on guard, I'm on guard. And I feel that way, I'm on guard. I'm like, what is this person's intentions when they're talking to me? And unfortunately, most of the time I'm proven correct. When I start having a conversation, I'm like, oh, this person seems cool. Yo, I really like their like style, like their vibe, whatever. And it's like, so send me a sexy picture. What? Hang on a second, damn, dude. I'm trying to like 
go on a date with you and like roast you and like get to know each other, you know? And I don't want to come on too strong in the beginning and be like, so what are you looking for? Is it me? Is it a life with me? What do you want? It should be me, you know? And I also like when you're first getting to know someone, I don't even know if I'm going to tell them I'm looking for, because I don't even know if I'm going to want to converse with them much longer. Right. And again, I appreciate when I like someone wanting pictures of me and I appreciate, you know, the courtship and the flirting there, but it's, it's, it's rough. It's, it's hard and it's difficult to navigate between, Hey, is this person just trying to use me and get something from me? Or is this person actually trying to engage with me? And again, we all show love very differently and affection and we receive it differently. So it's like a, you got to try and, and use your best judgment. What I will say is most of the time it's, it's not great. And I'd like to take this moment before we get into story time to apologize to absolutely nobody for the amount of times I've cursed today. It is what it is. Sometimes you're not going to be as eloquent with your speech or you're going to be a little more aggressive. Believe it or not, uh, it is a Friday, you know, so Fridays always pour up some cocktails in the afternoon. I have not done that because I got to go get some Botox and filler. It'll be my second time doing it. And uh, if you're thinking about it, it's not as big of a deal as people think it is. Try it out. Do it for yourself. Feels good. It's awesome. If you don't want to do it, don't fucking do it. And now your anticipation is going to pay off because this is the story of the wedding weirdo. So about six or so years ago, yeah, roughly, I went to a wedding with a coworker. This was in Tahoe City. And, you know, I was, I was in my early 20s. I was feeling myself. And so I got all dressed up in this cute, cleavagey black dress and I was single my long-term relationship that had been on again off again on again off again and then that 20 more times was currently off and so I was like you know what fuck this I'm gonna have a good time I'm gonna enjoy myself and it's all about me today I mean great people are getting married but it's all about me today and so I am having a ball at this wedding now I need to say these are just some affluent folks um they've rented out a whole area of Tahoe City you could tell very well off family and again I was just connected by my coworker. he was invited to the wedding and had a date it was one of those weddings where everybody could bring a date because they literally could afford that and then there was a good amount of people there one thing I specifically noticed was that there was a lot of business people there and I noticed people were talking about money quite a bit and so for me personally I don't come from money and it's not something that I was entirely familiar with especially because I was so early on in my career I was still kind of a dipshit uh, so I was just kind of trying to blend in I didn't really know um, what exactly to do I'm like all right I'm just gonna try and, and act like I, I belong here right and I did a good enough job because this gentleman noticed me. And I've talked about having a type before on the last episode. This guy wasn't totally my type, but when somebody looks like a young Antonio Banderas, it's kind of hard for them not to be attractive to you. Anyways, he approaches me and he's like, hey, who are you here with? And I'm like, oh, I'm here with so-and-so. You know, I'm trying to fake it. I'm like, oh, God, this guy's probably uh, really wealthy and a lot older than me. And he's like, okay, great. He's like, well, I'm going to get you another drink. I'll be right back. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Is this what they do? Is this what adults do? Is this what rich people do? I don't know. So he comes back with my drink and we're just talking. He's telling me about what he does for work. And I'm like, okay, you know, blah, 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 blah. I don't, I don't know what he's talking about, but I'm pretending I know what he's talking about. I'm starting to feel the champagne. I'm like a little peanut at this point in my life. So I'm like, fuck, man. 
I'm just going to try and keep up here. And then I'm like, wow, he's hot. As this happens, as you drink more, it's like, this person is pretty attractive. So we get to the point in post-ceremony where everybody's going to head to the reception. And this dude has like a Maserati. And he's like, well, do you want to ride with me to the reception? And I'm like, uh, let me check with my friends. Give me one second. So I go over to the guys I'm with and I'm like, hey, he wanted to take me to the reception. They're like, absolutely not. Like that guy is a player. Like absolutely not. They're being protective. I'm like, come on, whatever. But I'm in my early fucking 20s, okay? A guy that's older than me that looks like Antonio Banderas that's driving a nice car. I'm like, I'm like whipping around in my crappy like Mazda 3, okay? I'm like, dude, come on. Let me live my life. Let me do this. A Tahoe City. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm basically at the Taj Mahal right now, dude. So them saying I couldn't do it just made me want the guy more. I had to make an excuse why I couldn't go, but I was like, I'll meet you there. The reception ensues. Everybody's dancing. For me, because I am Persian, it's just like in my nature to dance and have no shame when I do it. So I'm tearing up the dance floor with a bunch of these um, elderly women uh, that, are, that, that are very kind. They were very excited about some of the moves I was teaching them. And this guy's just making eyes at me the entire time. And I'm like, dude, this is hot. Like, um, at this point, I'm drunk. I'm like, I want to go for it, you know? So he comes over to me at one point and is like, like, come here, like whatever, and pulls me aside. And he's like, I want to go up to my room. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm not normally the go up to the room type. I'm more of like, let's banter and, uh, again, let me make fun of you, do whatever. But I think I just kind of knew that this was like a one-time opportunity. And I'm like, okay, I think I want to make out with this guy. Like, why not? And it's really that innocent for me. Like, I'm like, I just kind of want to make out with this guy. So we go up to his room and <laughs> this is where shit started getting a little weird. Homeboy grabs a chair and like puts it in front of me. And I'm like, oh, um, thank you. I'm like about to sit. And he's like, no. And he pulls my leg up very dramatic. Like you think this guy thought that he was in a movie. I just want to clarify that. And there is nothing I hate more than performative love. Performative lover, should I say, because this is certainly not love. Uh, performative sex, performative passion, I fucking hate it. Don't do that to me. Don't, don't fake it. Don't, don't act like we're in a movie. Just, just calm down, okay? Calm down. So he like puts my leg up on this chair and I'm like, uh, okay. And I'm like, uh, and he like leans in to start kissing me. And I'm like, um, okay, like we're kissing. And I'm like, this isn't as good as I thought it was going to be like, I'm pretty sure he chewed cinnamon gum and that's like my least favorite thing. So I wasn't particularly into it. And well, he's creating his own fantasy in his head because at this point he's pulling away from me and he's like starting to narrate everything that is going on. He's like, your leg is up on this chair and you've looked at me all night. And I've known from the second you looked at me that you wanted me. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, he's, you're, well, yeah you're hot you know I'm like early 20s dumbass just sitting there like okay and he's like and now I'm gonna show you what it's like <laughs> like he's just okay basically he's trying to be dominant but he's doing an awful job at it and 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 quite in fact such an awful job that I got the ick immediately and one thing that my friends know about me is once I get the ick it can never be reversed it is a curse that means you could be the most attractive the most affluent that the, the most incredible person and have every single quality a prospect should have and if you give me the ick it's over okay I don't know what to tell you I've been that way for my entire life 
So I've got the ick at this point, and I, I'm sparing you guys some of the things this guy was saying because it's like, it was, it was pretty cringe. And I'm like, you know what? I should actually probably go down. And he's like, oh, no, <laughs> I'm not done with you yet. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I, I have to go. I have to, I have to go. And he's like, oh, so you're scared. And I was like, not, not scared, not scared. I just, uh, you know, my friends are going to be worried. And, you know, this wasn't the best idea. I don't really know you. And he's like, ha, okay. And he's like, well, you know, he's like, I get it. It's a lot to feel this way, to feel this intensity. And he's like, but you just have to set yourself free. You just have to feel it. I'm like, oh my God. I realized right then that this guy's, his, his idea of steaming sexuality was watching Fifty Shades of Grey when it first came out and then trying to basically mimic every single thing that Christian Grey did in Fifty Shades of Grey, which by the way, just a side tangent for Fifty Shades of Grey, there's a lot of controversy in the kink community about Fifty Shades of Grey. Here's my take on it. I think it opened up uh, a lot of sexual confidence for a lot of people, and I think that's amazing. I do not consider it a kink <laughs> movie or book. <laughs> uh, if you consider <laughs> if you consider feathers in the bedroom that, then absolutely, let's let's get into it. But for the most part, not really kink related, and uh, I I would say that hot take like most people are turned on by mild forms of emotional and mental abuse. Sorry, I, I said it. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Anyways, there were things that I that I got from that series that were great, you know, but this this was not okay. This was like all the bad parts of it. So I'm like backing out of the room at this point. I'm like, okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little scared. I know, and it's just a lot. I'm like, I gotta go. So I make my way down. Uh, he had gotten my number prior, I think, to probably when we were mingling, when I said I couldn't go in the car with him. So... I go downstairs, I grab my friends, I'm like, oh, fuck, thank God. Hey, guys, like, you want to go bar hopping, whatever, the wedding's coming more to a close, and they're like, yeah, let's do it. So I start getting texts from this guy, and he's like, I know you want it. I know you want it more than you can even express. And he's like, but I don't play games. He's like, you're, you're sexy. You're sexier than I can even express. But I don't, he's repeating himself, but I don't play games, so I hope you have a good night. You know where my room is. Like, yeah, I'm not playing games. Sorry. It was fun to meet you. I'm out with my friends. Like my priorities, and, and this man must've been in his like mid forties. Okay. My priorities are so far away from where this man's are. Like I'm just trying to get wasted with my friends. Okay. <laughs> Should have known immaturity. That's where the fear comes from. You're a tease and it's okay because I thought this could be something, but apparently it's not. So again, enjoy your night basically narrates the same text message to me like four five six times over where he's saying I don't play games I know you're scared because essentially alluding to the fact because he is so sexy and intimidating and but but I am hot and he I know where his room is but he's he's not he's not playing the game anymore so eventually I have to block this guy's fucking number because I'm like okay this guy is an absolute weirdo and then I'm sitting there in the depth of bar hopping with my friends in this group of, you know, other men that were from the wedding party and a, and a couple gals. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, this is a wide open space. This guy can probably find me. Okay. Like at any moment. So I retreated back to the lodge and there's really no kaboom to the end of that story. But what I learned was this, 
Number one, <laughs> wedding horny is a very real thing, okay? And sometimes someone is just meant to be the attractive person at the wedding or wherever else, outside of weddings, in an in a open space, a stranger, and they're just supposed to be a good-looking stranger. That's all they are. That's all they are. You leave it at that. You're like, oh man, that was a good looking stranger. And you just move on with your life. I should have just stayed at that point because sometimes when I'm trying to fall asleep at night, and again, this is like over six years ago, I remember this guy aggressively hiking my leg up on a chair before we even started kissing. Again, basically thinking that he was like, in so many words, like <laughs> the world's most sexy and dominant man. And I'm like, I, I did not need to go through that, okay? So I think things like that have made me more skittish towards people. So I'm often very goofy in my approach to someone I'm attracted to because I'm trying to really test the waters and be like, are you like, are you a cornball? Or are you going to do some performative shit? Because if you are, it's, it's not happening with us. People are going to be getting married this summer. The season's coming up. Again, just if you see someone that's hot, Make the eyes, enjoy yourself. But I, I would strongly recommend not going up to their hotel room. And I will say this, I will say this. Uh, probably a year or so later, I tested the theory again at another wedding. No, I didn't go up to the room, okay? But there was a hot person at the wedding. And um, they were even a friend of our friend's family. Like this person, I would say, was a, a, a stronger recommendation and probably was one of the worst kissers I've ever kissed. No, I think like top, top five probably. And then when we actually ended up going on a date because I was like, maybe, maybe they were just wasted, like, you know, whatever. Uh, when we ended up going on a date, asked me to take pictures of them in front of their Beamer. And this was like a 10 minute photo shoot. So, so what I would say is no, just don't, just don't do it. Take my advice. I don't want to deal with this. It's like, I want to date like how they did in the olden days. Well, guess what? I thought about that too, but I was making fun of one of my friends yesterday because I just love putting her in fictitious scenarios that absolutely disgust her. And I was saying how her and Thomas Edison would have made a very hot couple. Well, what I learned was, number one, they used to cancel people back then too. And in fact, the way they canceled people, I would say arguably was a little bit worse. Um, if you know what I'm saying, some of the devices of torture and or poverty and um you know death was a lot more easily given those days anyways I found out Thomas Edison got canceled okay which I did not know but more so he was a little motherfucker all right so and 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 then furthermore Benjamin Franklin all these dudes okay so you would have thought they come home and the fire is going and they're like this is you know I'm home to my family and wife half these fools had mistresses and the other half were stealing the ideas that they were propagating. And most of them had syphilis, okay? So if you think that things are too complicated right now, I just want to let you know, it's always been complicated. I hope you enjoyed Tears of a Clown episode two. Uh, I love y'all a lot. And enjoy your weekends. Have fun. Stay safe at the weddings. Don't romanticize the old ages. If you just don't see a future with someone, fucking tell them. <sighs> if a date sucks, leave, okay? And if your single friends are depressed, drop them off a bottle of wine. Or if they don't like wine, cannabis. Or if they don't like cannabis, food. Because nobody doesn't like food. Cheers. <laughs>